Hello, welcome to the Tech for Good podcast. We are very passionate about two things, technology and our world. In each pod, we will be interviewing some fascinating people, business leaders, but those with a special interest in solving the biggest issues facing humanity today. Think the environment. Think healthcare provision during a pandemic. Think global social injustice. If you want to know more about technology's immense potential to fix and transform, then you're in the right place. In this episode, I speak to Chris Chambers. Chris works for Ordnance Survey, the national mapping agency for Great Britain. Although it is known primarily for its paper maps, Ordnance Survey's highly accurate geospatial data underpins many public sector services and has played a vital role in Britain's response to COVID-19. In the interview, we discuss that and its £1 billion digital transformation. But first, Chris gives his own perspective on the work of Ordnance Survey. Ordnance Survey is the national mapping agency of, of Great Britain um, and it's our job basically to, to capture uh, the, the geographic information of Great Britain. So we maintain something called the National Geographic Database which contains around half a billion features um, and it ranges from things like uh, car parks and buildings and, and driveways all the way up to information on things like uh, what, uh, an address of a property and where that property is and the sort of business that occupies that property as well. So it's our job to, 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 to capture and maintain that National Geographic database and then to make sure that uh, the public sector and the private sector have access to that data as easily as possible and can use it uh, in their applications when they're serving citizens and when they're serving the members of the public and making policy decisions. So we're, we're very much around making sure that we have the most current, uh, complete database of, uh, of geographic data possible uh, for the use by other people. Excellent. We know, Chris, that there's a whole load of transformation going on at the moment around data and technology and, you know, in the public sector as well, even even if it may be a little bit slower to the private sector, but certainly in the public sector and government, they're embracing technology more than they ever have done. And I know Ordnance Survey are also kind of transforming and, and using APIs and, and different data products and that. Maybe, maybe can you talk a bit about um, your kind of own technology transformation? Yeah, so, so most people know about Ordnance Survey as the, as the map people. They're the people that create the Explorer and Land Ranger maps. But we're so much more than that. You know, we are a data organisation and have been collecting data since 1791. So what we're trying to make sure is that people can get access to that, that data far more easily. And what we find is that um, a lot of organisations, as you say, in the public sector and a lot of utility companies have been using our data for, for many decades um, but that takes a lot of specialist knowledge to get the value from the data. So you, you get data sent via DVD, and you then load it into something called a, a geographic information system, which is a piece of software, and you then start to interrogate the data and to, to get the answers that you want. So the public sector and, and those energy and infrastructure customers, utility companies, have been using our data for, for many years and have uh, come to, to, to know and love it. But what we're finding now is that the next generation of uh, potential users so uh, people like prop tech organizations, uh, organizations like uh, financial institutions and insurance companies, they are wanting uh, that data uh, supplied to them in a, in a far more accessible way and, uh, and far, more, uh, far more quickly. So that's why we're really transforming the way that Ordnance Survey data is supplied to those organizations. So we're moving away from uh, data supplied by DVD 
uh, yeah, supplied every six weeks, and far, far more towards the data available on demand. So uh, available on a, a daily updated, updated on a daily basis, and available via APIs. Uh, so that people can have access to that instantaneously at, the, at, at their fingertips rather than have to order data and get data delivered to them three or four days later via DVD. So it's really trying to reduce the barriers uh, to usage for this new audience of, of users. And, and the reason I call them a new audience is, is basically we have this group of people, we call them developers or uh, specialists in, in terms of you know, online use of the data. And what we find is that most people uh, in that community ha have never heard of Ordnance Survey about, you know, about, about our data that we have rather than just those maps I mentioned earlier. So what we're trying to do is, and we say that we're not on their menu, you know, we're not on their menu when they're thinking about uh, using uh, geographic data or using location data, they, they do to other people. So what we're trying to make sure that via this uh, transformation in what we're doing is that people are aware of Ordnance Survey, aware that we have you know, world-class data that's available to them, and that we make them reduce the number of barriers as, as many as uh, reduce as many barriers as possible to make it as easy. That we're on their menu, and that they choose us um, it, it, for their applications. Mm, okay, that's that's really interesting, Chris. I'm, I, mean, I imagine there must be quite a few challenges. I mean, in in our field of work, we talk a lot about legacy challenges for technology companies, and obviously a legacy when you've when you've been around for decades and decades, like Ordnance Survey have, and there must have been many processes that have been a, sort of in place for years and years. This feels like you know quite a seismic shift for for the organisation and and in its long history. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a huge transformation for us, digital transformation for us. And our, our te technology teams at OS are doing a fantastic job. So what we what we currently have is a number of individual um, data data silos, which, you know, which are set up to create. We have I think, over 75 different products that we currently publish. And many of those products are created from individual uh, data silos. And what we are currently doing is, is transforming that uh, those, those individual um, data silos into a single uh, database of, of, of data. So it's far more uh, interoperable. So the data is uh, able to uh, interact with each other, in, with the other data sets far more easily. And also so that individuals and customers can come into that database directly and choose just the data they want. That's great, Chris. And I'm sure we'll talk more about kind of what Ordnance Survey thinks it will be able to deliver once this transformation is kind of complete and, and you have and you have that um, that option available to you. But let's talk now about um, the last year, because obviously with, with the COVID-19 pandemic, I'm sure you, like many other organizations, have, have been faced with kind of unprecedented challenges. Um, but also you've been able to support the public sector's response to COVID-19, haven't you? Maybe you can talk a bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it has been a, 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 a very difficult time for many of us, hasn't it? And, and I think the the important thing for us to, to, to highlight is the fact that you know we, we do not see ourselves as as the heroes on the front line fighting against COVID. You know, that that is the people in the the public sector uh, who are doing that work for the NHS. I mean, people like my wife doing doing, doing work in, in, in making sure the people at the the general hospital are able to breathe more effectively. So that they're the people who who are really sort of the heroes of this. What we do though is we make sure that they have the most current accurate data they could possibly have to make sure that they're as, as well equipped as possible to fight the COVID. So what we've been doing is working with organisations such as uh, NHS England, Scotland and Wales. Uh, we've been working with uh, central government bodies. We've been working with local authorities, uh, with emergency services to make sure that they have as much uh, geographic data as, as, as they want uh, in order to make sure that they can uh, you know, have, have the fight with COVID as, as effectively as possible. So some of those applications, uh, you know, we, we've been working with um, 
Public Health England and with the Welsh Assembly uh, to use address data to identify, uh, to support them in identifying where, where vulnerable people are and where shielding members of the public, public are. So it means that they can more effectively provide, you know, target those people to provide services to them as, as quickly and, and effectively as possible. So there's other examples, you know, we, we've also been working on where the, uh, where the um, COVID testing sites should be, so supporting government in working out where those, those, those sites should be. We've been working on uh, things like mapping for emergencies. We've got a 24-hour service, um, uh, uh, 365 days a year, whereby pe people in the public sector can get in touch with us and ask us for, for help immediately, and they'll get a response in three hours, uh, whereby people can, you know, if, if they need our knowledge or expertise or additional data, we'll respond to them really quickly for things like lockdowns, things like working out uh, quick uh, areas where they need to send out uh, uh, local testing to or mobile testing to. And we've done a lot of work with that with local authorities and, and the uh, GP surgeries, et cetera. We've also been uh, doing things like uh, identifying where nearest GP locations are, where supermarkets with car parks are, um, locating um, where hotels are for hospital staff, you know, where the nearest hotels uh, to a hospital to try and put up staff in, in temporary accommodation. So working with uh, NHS England on that as well. And then beyond that, we've also been working on things like working with, we have a, a range of about 440 partners who we worked with, who are uh, experts in our data as well. And we've been working with them on some of the applications. So we've worked with a large organization called Esri, for example, who, are, who have been using our data to identify um, where are the pavements uh, and what is, the, what is the capacity of a pavement? What is the likely footfall on that pavement? And therefore, where are the areas that, that, that local authorities should try and target uh, resources at to try and make sure that the pavements are, are widened or narrowed and to try and close off streets or not? And they did, they did a similar thing with, it, with beaches, actually, to see where last summer when it was hot rather than snowy outside, where are the beaches which are, are near to large urban areas and are, and are relatively small, so there's a likelihood of, of, of high densities of people. So doing a lot of work with, uh, with both government and, and also our partner community. Hello, I'm Daniel Brigham, editor of Tech for Good magazine. I hope you're enjoying this podcast, and if you want more, you can head over to techforgood.net for some compelling and thought-provoking stories. From high-tech insect farms that could solve world hunger to a global mission to counter the spread of COVID-19 disinformation, we've got Tech for Good covered. You can read and subscribe at techforgood.net. But what, what kind of has the last year been like, Chris? I know, I know you've obviously got a very close relationship with the public sector and government, and, and obviously, I guess many of the kind of foundations are already in place before the pandemic, but it must have been, you must have had to kind of rethink and really focus in on, on certain aspects of it when, when, this, when this crazy thing happened, because no one was obviously truly prepared for it. And what, what kind of lessons, I guess, have you learned over the last year about how you can implement these, these kind of initiatives as, as quickly and as effectively as possible? So, so I think the, the three things we've identified in the last in the last year since it happened, and this is this is very quickly at the start, we we identified that people want more data. So the more data they they, they can get their hands on, the better the decisions they can make. So a very very uh, a large amount of our time initially was just making sure that people that needed data to make decisions and and to, to very quickly respond to COVID had that data available to them in formats that were accessible. Uh, that the, the, they were aware that that data was available to them. You know, some, some people weren't aware of the value that the, the location data could provide to them. 
So the big thing initially was being very quick to respond to make sure that people knew about what data was available to them, knew how it would help them, and also was provided to them in a way that's accessible. The second bit was very much linked to that is around skills and knowledge. So we were working with people to make sure they understood, you know, not just what data was available, but how they could use it. So giving them uh, examples of how it could be used, giving them training and, and online courses in how it could be used uh, to make sure that people were, got the most value from the data that's available to them. Um, and the third, I think, was, was all around um, making sure that um, we got the data to them as quickly as possible. So actually, some, some people only wanted you know, really massive maps for a control center, massive paper maps that they didn't have capabilities to print. So very quickly, we got uh, large, we, we, we have those capabilities and they got in touch with us via that mapping for emergencies. And we're able to very quickly print off these huge maps or going all the way down to asking us very specific questions. So for example, um, you know, one, one, of the, um, one of the examples we're trying to find out is, you know, wh where should we be putting these mobile uh, testing sites? And we were very quickly able to carry out some very complex analysis on the data that we have to identify places that were near to uh, major transport hubs, places that were, you know, uh, large car parks near to uh, public areas, places that had electricity supplies, etc. So when you do all that, those are very complex queries that many people didn't have the expertise to do, but we absolutely do within OS. So we were able to carry out those queries very quickly and, and give them answers and say to them, well, actually, if you, were, if you were trying to find the locations for the best COVID sites based upon the criteria you've given us, this is where we would recommend you put them. Do you think, Chris, that in a way, your kind of activities over the last year have, have paved the way for kind of the future of public services underpinned by data? Because there's always a national debate, isn't there, here in the UK around public service and are we doing enough? Could we do more? How can we do more? Do you feel like data is going to really be kind of the backbone of, of public service in the future? Oh, completely, completely. Utterly. Yeah, I, I, I think... I think listen, we we we'll never take away from, as I say, you know, those frontline services that need people. You know, they, 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 we, we can't take away from that. Um, I think what we all, all we try and do is make sure that you know the data is there to support better service provision. So making sure that the people who are deciding on where that where, where that service is provided can make better decisions or, or more efficient you know, more efficient decisions. And I think you know data is really having its moments, and it has been for, for for a number of years. But I think COVID has, has really pushed that, and we see that by a lot of the feedback we get from a lot of the customers who we've had for a number of years are starting to see that they can use data in different ways to to to, to make better decisions. So they're starting to really see the value of this. For us, it's location data, but it's not just about the location data. It's about linking lots of different data sets, and that's where we're really seeing the value is that people are starting to see well actually. If, if you've got five, six different data sets, how do you link them all together to make better decisions on, you know, we have this phrase, everything happens somewhere. So, you know, the, the location we see is, is being used by people like NHS England, um, uh, same in Wales and Scotland, and they're starting to really link lots of different data sets about an address, for example, and you're able to have that single understanding of an address and link all those data sets to it. So that means you can make that better decisions and the other bit we're, we're finding is that um, people want to spend a lot more time interrogating data and analyzing data to make the better decisions rather than managing the data. So what we're trying to do is remove as many barriers as possible um, for, for, for providing data so they don't need to manage it. You know, they shouldn't be experts in, in database management, for example, to use ordnance survey data. 
what we're trying to do is make sure that we provide that data via APIs, via formats that uh, are, are easily accessible and managed so that people can spend less time managing the data and more time interrogating the data to, to, to be able to make better decisions. So that's what we're trying to make sure is that you know, people can start to innovate more and, and, and create capture efficiencies as well, but certainly innovate to make sure they can, they can use the data that already exists um, in, new, in new ways. And I think the other bit we're, we're working on, we, we, we've recently signed an agreement with uh, the Geospatial Commission, who are part of uh, Cabinet Office, called the Public Sector Geospatial Agreement. And that's providing um, more, uh, more access to more data sets as well. Yeah, the, the potential of, of kind of multiple data sets and, and big data is really kind of, I guess, you know, almost, almost kind of infinite in, in, this, in this area, isn't it, Chris? But obviously, when, when, when you talk about data, people still often have kind of a negative perception and are maybe nervous about this amount of data being used and where it's coming from and who owns it and who's managing it and are they being responsible? Maybe you can talk a bit about how Ordnance Survey um, responsibly gathers and manages its data because th there is kind of, you know, there is still that kind of national discourse yeah. isn't there, around around nerve, around data and, and data privacy. Yeah, of course, and, and you know, and, and we're very mindful of the of the elements of you know the the, 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 the big big brother sort of culture, I suppose, that people are concerned about. And, and I think we we take it really really seriously. You know, we, we have so so many incredible policies that we've created around making sure that we we don't uh, publish data uh, in inappropriate in ways. I think the first thing to say though is, is that we, we do not capture um, any personal data when when our surveyors are out, when our drones are flying over, when um, you know we have um, people capturing data in different ways. We don't capture information about individuals. We don't capture names. We don't capture any sort of information about those individuals, and therefore we we, we don't we don't publish any personal data either. So because we don't capture it, we don't maintain it. We don't store it, and therefore we don't we don't publish it. And I think people should also remember that the vast majority of the data that we capture is actually publicly accessible. If you walk down a street, if you look at someone's house, that's very similar to the data that we capture. So we capture a building footprint that you can see if you flew over the top of a building. We capture where the fence lines are. We don't capture who lives in that house. We don't capture how many uh, how many bedrooms there are in there. We don't capture who lives in that property. It's very much the, the data we capture is very much about the physical information on on, on Great Britain. Yeah. Okay. But do, do you accept that as you kind of embrace more data sets and you have this API led approach where everything is becoming almost a nervous system that you're going to have to be extra kind of vigilant around this stuff? Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. And we, we, I mean, we do have uh, databases internally of you know, who our customers are and, and what, uh, what data sets they take from us. Um, and yeah, and we, we take that very seriously and make sure that we, you know, we, we, we adhere to all the best policies. Um, but what we I think when people are starting to link more data sets, what we're very, very uh, conscious of is the fact that you, you don't we, we don't publish data sets that um, when you when you merge multiple data sets enable you to identify an individual. So what we do is work with a lot of our uh, NHS colleagues and people like the Office of National Statistics and Valuation Office to make sure that um, any information we provide does not mean that uh, you know individual personal freedoms can be can be uh, can be broken. So um, whilst again our, our data does not contain any personal data or information that is is uh, highly sensitive, um, we make sure that we work with others to ensure that uh, they don't mistakenly publish any data um, at, at a very low area. So for example, we've worked with the NHS in the past about uh, not publishing data at a postcode level. On on um, you know um, on, on health information because actually sometimes uh, post codes uh, go up to up to 100 properties 
other times there's a very low number of properties in a postcode. So it might be possible to identify individuals uh, with, with uh, certain health conditions. So we, we've worked very closely with those, with those people in the past to make sure that they don't make any information uh, available that, uh, that should uh, impact on any personal freedoms. Do you want to keep up to date with the latest in enterprise, technology and digital transformation? Visit digitalbulletin.com for news, long reads, thought leadership and so much more. That's digitalbulletin.com. Chris, your, your kind of passion for this topic and, and the power of kind of data in public services is really obvious. Where, where do you think that comes from and how, how kind of proud are you of your work and the work of Ordnance Survey? Because as you said, it seems like you're really keen to get this message across that Ordnance Survey isn't just a stamp on the front of a map. It's it's a it's an organization that is is really doing quite a lot of very important stuff around data and public service. Yeah, I mean, listen, I've got a bit smile on the face now. Just, it's one of those, I love sitting on the train and, and wearing my Ordnance Survey badge. And I love when someone says to me, oh, I love your paper maps. And I love it because I turn around and say, do you know what? We're so much more than that. And I tell them what we do and, and, and who uses our data. And I, I always see that sort of a little glint in their eye when they, when they just understand that OS is so much more than paper maps. You know, we carried out some research uh, a few years back that said, on average, a member of the public uses Ordnance Survey data 42 times a day without knowing it. And that's, that's, that's primarily because, you know, the, the people that your listeners rely on, rely on us. So we're a bit like that, you know, that, you know, that, that old uh, terminology, Intel, and, Intel inside. You know, it's often OS inside. So you find from things like you, you get up in the morning and the electricity you use is provided to you by a supplier who uses Ordnance Survey data to identify where you are. It goes to the local authorities who um, capture, who, who, who come and collect your bins, and they use Ordnance Survey data to find out where, where the bins are and what, what, on what days they should capture it. It goes to, you know, God forbid you ever need an ambulance, but every single emergency service in Britain uses Ordnance Survey data to get to you as quickly as possible. Even when you nowadays with, with COVID and the lockdown, all of the delivery parcels and all of the delivery companies use Ordnance Survey data to get to you as quickly as possible and to make sure that delivery is, is as accurate as possible. So, I, I, you know, I'm absolutely passionate about it. And it's the thing that's kept me at Ordnance Survey for 15 years. And, and if you came into the OS building when we we're allowed back, you'd see how passionate the thousand people are who are all there to make sure that basically, you know, we make sure that, that, that our work supports others in doing what they need to do when they need to do it. So we're not we're really happy to work in the background. We're really happy to support those organizations to be better to be you know, the best they possibly can be. Because in the end, we're doing it for, for the members of the public, for the citizens, and, and to make sure that the, the government policies are as effective as possible. The services provided by local authorities and emergency services are effective as possible. And also, so they're talking to commercial companies to provide um, really good services as well. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you come to Ordnance Survey and you have a huge number of people who are very knowledgeable, also very passionate about what we do. Um, and for me, the thing that keeps me going every day is, is to make sure that we get an ambulance to someone who needs it as quickly as possible. That, that's my motivation every single day, and to try and help them get seconds off their off their um, their response times is you know it, it means I can be, I can do it to better happy man. Yeah, 
Brilliant, Chris. 15 years, obviously, is, is really testament to how much you enjoy the job. I, I don't really think we need to say any more than that. What about the future, though, Chris? Obviously, you've got this March 2022 point, which sounds like a really kind of major milestone for, for the organization as, as you bring kind of your data ecosystem together. I think the transformation program is is, is come, come, accounts to something like £1 billion, doesn't it? Um, so it's a massive deal. With, with that in mind, how excited are you for the future and maybe another 15 years or however many years you want to you wanna carry on doing this? <laughs> yes, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great time to be an audience of it, really. As, as you say, we've, we've um, just be, uh, agreed a billion pound investment from government uh, in the uh, future technology and, and data that we provide. Um, it has already started, as I mentioned, back in, uh, back in July. Uh, we started to deliver these new API services and, and uh, new data under, under open terms as well. So I think that's probably one thing we haven't discussed yet, of course, is that we, we, we do also provide data under completely open terms. So the, 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 there's new ways of accessing the data, both technology and, and licensing-wise. And yeah, the the uh, the, the future, the, the July, the, sorry, the March 2022 deliverables is a really, really transformational moment for us. In that it, it, it enables our customers to start to you know to pick and mix that that data they really want. I think it doesn't stop there though. Um, so in March 2023, we'll have delivered all these uh, 60 plus new data sets as well, which means that people will be able to start to do new things with the data available from Ordnance Survey. Um, and after that, there's still a roadmap of, of many, many uh, interesting things we'll be doing. So looking at trying to get source data from uh, beyond Great Britain. So looking near you know, Northern Ireland or, or, or beyond, uh, to work, working with people like Land and Property Services. And also looking at, you know, it doesn't stop, you know, customers' uh, requirements don't stop there. So making sure that we have a really active, proactive roadmap uh, with the uh, with the Geospatial Commission at Tavern Office, trying to make sure that what we deliver in four years' time is what people want in four years' time. So we're making sure that we're, we're really on the front foot with our customers to understand what their changing requirements are, making sure that the transformations that we do now support those future use cases as well. So things like, you know, drone delivery, we're working with um, organisations on, uh, how to make sure we identify where is the best place that a drone would deliver a parcel to. And we're also working with a, a large number of organizations on uh, autonomous vehicles. So, of course, you know, again, autonomous vehicles need to know where they are, they need to know where they're going, uh, and they need to know uh, how to best get from A to B. So, whilst the use case is very similar to logistics nowadays, the technology and the data um, that are required for that is hugely different. And we're moving, I think, from a place where data was able to be used um, by uh, humans to interpret. You know, that's what that's what maps were. They were basically data sets that were understandable by humans. And when you take humans out of the equation, you, the data has to be perfect. It has to be as good as it possibly can be. Because if you don't have high quality data, machines don't interpret things differently. You know, they, they are machines that, that want to know an answer. So therefore the data you give them has to be as accurate as possible. So that, that's what, what some of the use cases I'm really looking forward to over the next few years with making sure that our data is as, as good as those use cases need. That was the Tech for Good podcast. Listen, subscribe and rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher.